Welcome to Real Talk, episode 145. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> doing pretty good. Behind the camera, behind the computer, and his spaceship-looking little area is the man, the myth, the legend. You know him, you love him. Funter and Clint. Funter? Hello, hello. There he is. Man, I just, that was like the most basic introduction I've ever done. Like, I, it's it's almost gotten to the point where, like, I've run out of things to say. No. So I just don't know. To, I are just you say, serious? hey, how are you? <laughs> As though they're just going to answer us right back. Hey, yeah. we're doing good. Someone out there did. Someone right. out there that listened said good. If it was you, God bless you. Comment. <laughs> hey, what's real talk? That eh, should be somewhere in the description, but it's an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everywhere in between. We discuss and answer anonymous questions asked by you, our faithful listeners slash viewers. And uh, you can use a link to send those in anonymously at www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. That real is R-E-A-L, www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Click the link, go all the way down to submit a question, hit it, follow instructions, tippity-tap your question in, hit submit, goes into our database completely anonymously, couldn't find you if we tried. That's right, man. Completely anonymous. We are now going on, I believe, week three. Using show notes. Is it week three? Wow. Yeah, I think so. Third Look time. at us go, man. Three or four, maybe four. Okay. Either way, go. it's proven. We have moved into semi-professional A, a new era. So, uh, yes, yes, yes. Those are like, why do they keep talking about this? We're just so proud. We are, man. You know? <laughs> so, <clears throat> you will uh, see us reference that or hear it. I like the sound of it, too. Look at that. I like the sound of it. We're a sound. I mean, like, <laughs> like we're a newscast. Here we go. Anyway. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> AJ was trying to flip the pages like a book for those on the I podcast. Do it, man. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We are very, very excited to be here. And big, exciting news. I'm going to give us a little hand here in a second as we've... may seem like a small victory, mm-hmm. but the book nook, the rumble jumble... The pod squad, mm-hmm. the whole crew came together and gave us one of our most viewed slash listened to episodes in quite a while. Yeah, As man. we've mentioned many times, we used to reach, just on one social media network, nearly a thousand views per episode. That's right, man. Uh, yeah, and that's for a web series. And then, um, you know, due to whatever reasons. Unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Shadow banning and stuff. Which, by the way, has been proven now, <laughs> oh, which we yeah, can go man. into later. It's, but, it's out there. Um yeah, they came through, and we, we kind of hit a new high for, for the first time in a while. So very excited. Big big thank you to those that have been supporting the show, letting us know you're still listening as we've been seriously you know, considering, hey, we only do this because we want it to benefit people. That's right. We have a good time. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, and interestingly, sorry, before I continue, that it was on our longest episode, I think. Yeah, that is, that is definitely the longest so, episode we've ever had. Sounds like you guys want more and more. <laughs> <laughs> We can do that for you. So, uh, we tend to like to start the show off by catching up, if you see there, AJ, uh, Mm -hmm. point point two there. I see it. We, uh, how you been, man? Catch us up on your lives. Uh, Your life. (laughs) But the actual. How you been, man? Um, I am honestly in the best place I've been in a long time. Um, I had a lot happen last week. Um, a lot of it, as if you a if you are a regular listener to Real Talk, you know that lately we've you know my personal walk and you know just life has been just kind of in a, in a 
just a, a less ideal place. I was kind of in a, I don't, you know, kind of a, a rocky place of just like not, I don't know, man. I, was, I had a lot of had a lot of doubts and I and I was really struggling and I was realizing I had a lot of pride in me and, uh, you know, I was kind of going through this this process of repentance and I just don't think I was willing to put lay it all down, you know, for a while there. I was still stubborn. I was still not allowing myself to really fully like let go. And this last week, man, you know, Thursday, you know, it was a really big day for me. You know, I finally let it go. You know, it's funny, man, because it all kind of came down to, you know, it's funny. You hit this place of just like, you can't, there's nowhere else to go. It's kind of what it felt like. Like I, I had reached a place where I was like, I was confused. I didn't know what was real. Like I was just, I was, I was so, I guess the enemy had almost tricked me. And it was cool, man, because it, it brought me to that place of like true repentance. I feel like, Hmm. you know, where like, I just was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I can't, like, I just, this is it. Like I can't keep holding on to this dumb pride of like, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. Like I'm going to, I'm going to live my faith. And, uh, Ever since then, man, it's just been super cool. You know, life has been, I've just felt a lot lighter. You know, things that haven't felt as hopeless. Uh, things I think are kind of on the, you know, the come up here. So to keep it short as possible, you know, I'm definitely in a much better place than I was last week and just for the past couple, several months. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, that's, you know, to keep it, I guess, in general, that's where I'm at. Yeah, it, it's encouraging, I hope, for people. It's certainly encouraging for us. And <clears throat> I think it's interesting that, um, you know, there's been a tangible change in you. I think fun terms, you probably meant that too, at least even in the way you're, you, know, you come off. It's funny how you said kind of <clears throat> um, you had nowhere else to go, right? Yeah. So you move towards God, and God moves towards you, and things happen when, that, uh, when we do that. Amen, dude. Because, like, it's always the idea of, like, the inch, right? Like, I know you've really been... It's been one of your latest, like, sayings is, like, take the inch, right? And, like, it's funny because I feel like there was something that was instilled years ago when I was first coming around was talking about, like, when you give God an inch, he takes a mile. Mm. And, like, it's similar. Like, are you willing to fight for that inch? Because then when you do fight for that inch and you get that inch, he still runs with it. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at. Like, God, I finally, I, I, I fought for that inch, and God was trying to, like, thank you, finally. And just ran with it, and I just feel so much lighter. So it's really cool, man. So I appreciate I appreciate you guys sticking with me, you know, everyone listening, because I know there's probably a long time there where I was just so down and probably weird and didn't. I was just kind of out of it. Um, I love you guys, and I appreciate you sticking around, and I love you guys, Todd, Clint, you know, for sticking with me through this, you know, that whole time, and everyone else listening who's been close to me, because it was, it was weird, man. <laughs> it was real weird, so... Appreciate you guys. Well, hey, man, you know that's that's what life is, and um, I always think about, you know, if we if we don't give up on people, you know, I certainly have had multiple times in my life where I've needed that, probably will again, mm-hmm. and you know, we just I think a lot of times we give up on each other too much in this in this world in this life, you know, walk away from each other, mm-hmm. particularly in the church. Um, not particularly as much, I'm saying, or more than, but more of like, definitely shouldn't be that way. Right. So, you know, thank you for walking it out and mm. giving some hope and encouragement to us as we processed it. And it isn't always pretty, and it took a lot longer than 
I'm sure even you and I wanted, or anyone wanted. Yeah, to, I, I. But I God's faithful, that. man. <laughs> and I, I guess looking back on it, and I don't, we don't have to go too deep into the whole months. But have you been able to process to where you come to a point where you said, I guess two questions. First is, what do you think led you there? How did it get there? If you were to, you know, I know there's probably way more, it's way more complicated than, you know, but if you had to say, here's a couple things I did or didn't do that kind of led me into that darker place. Um, a couple things I did do is I started justifying my actions. Mm. Uh, I started justifying my heart, like, like the bad. Mm-hmm. I started going like, well, you know, I deserve, the, the out, like the mindset of I deserve something was really big. Mm. That was very detrimental. And I'd say the second one was... Uh, not willing to see like the ugly, mm. like not willing to f- like fully see the picture of of who I really am without without Christ. Like I wasn't willing to see just how ugly I really was. And what ha- like how did that part particularly? I think the other one makes sense mm-hmm. for people out there listening or watching. How does that? How did that lead you to that dark place? Not being able to look at that, um, or not willing to look at that darker side. I guess. I think it, I guess for me specifically, and I don't know if people, maybe some people will be able to relate to this, but it almost kind of drove me to like a place of madness almost because it's like, because because you know something is wrong, Mm. but you don't want to look. Why do you think you don't want to look? Maybe because it would shatter my illusion of like who I am. Okay. Like, yeah, man. Or like who, even who I was before. That's one thing that really, that really affects me is like, especially then was like, I was not willing to look past the idea of like, well, even AJ then he was good to some extent when I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know? So like, Oof. that was hard. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to face that. Didn't want to have to think about that. <clears throat> but so yeah, it was almost like a place of madness because it's like you know something's wrong and you know something is deeper, but you don't want to look at it. So that's still true, man. I think that's us a lot, and that's we can talk about it because we have a question. I mean, we've seen them, we haven't talked about them, but we have a question that kind of talks about the idea of you know if I'm as bad as I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to look in the mirror, right? And see yeah. this How <clears throat> sort of doesn't that lead you to a bad place? And um, so it reminds me of we're, we're going to come to it. So I don't want to go too deep into this while I bring it up. I'm going to reference it later. But to me, it always reminds me of the Beatitudes, right, and that first verse where Jesus says, and we've talked about it a lot at our church lately, of blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom. And then blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And a lot of times I think we read that, at least I used to, and it's sort of like, well, it's okay that this, you know, that as a Christian we're going to feel sad and not get to have the things that other people have. And it's almost like we use it to justify, to feel better about the fact that we're giving stuff up. Mm-hmm. When I think, when you look at the context, it's more about, hey, the ones that are going to inherit the kingdom of God are the ones who are going, you kind of look at the idea of what poor in spirit is, are the ones who are able to look and see that they are completely bankrupt on their own, morally, spiritually. Um, you know, it's that idea that in order to accept Christ as our Savior, we have to be able to recognize our need for a Savior. That's right, man. Right? Our, you know, in order to accept that that kind of divine transaction we've talked about in which we give up our sin and he gives us his holiness, right, in the eyes of the Father. In order to, to be able to receive that, we have to be able to be honest about how bad we really are in comparison to a holy God. Not Because I think what happens is we tend to compare ourselves to humans. So oh, yeah. we'll always find someone, quote, worse than us. I know but I we do. tend to ignore 
that there's someone always better too, right? Um, but when that's not who we get compared to, because the best human that's ever walked this earth, right? Um, there hasn't been a perfect one except Christ. Yep. Uh, he's fully God, fully man. But the best human that maybe if we could know who that was still pales and fall in comparison to a perfect, holy, good God. And, you know, it's, I've heard a saying a long time ago that if, if me and Michael Jordan and his prime are trying to jump to the moon, it doesn't really matter that he's got a higher vertical. We're still both the same as far as how close we are to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Man. And so I think that's important for people, for us. Um, so anyway, it makes me think of that as we kind of, and we'll talk about it more later. So it's kind of interesting that you're like, because clearly you accepted that when you accepted Christ, but it's still hard to do it. You know, yeah, to, man. To, to go, man, that's why I always struggle when I do bad things, right? Yes. I sin when I know the truth. It's like, that's hard to swallow. Oh, yeah. And, and you don't, re- I guess for me, like, <coughs> the biggest struggle is you don't realize how bad you really are. Mm. Like it's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to grasp how bad I really am. I think I'm in a place now more than ever where I've that I've been able to I've been able to actually understand that you know because I think then I I think then I thought I was bad, especially when I first started coming to church. Like I thought I was bad, like I was bad, but I thought I was more bad in the sense of like, well, I'm not good enough to fit the standard. I still thought I was a good person, and that should matter, right? Which so it does like, to a degree. Right. And now now it's like, okay, now I'm getting to a deeper place of really seeing how, like, you know, depraved I really am of, like, without Jesus, man. Like, yeah, yeah you, you're dark. Like, you, Let me ask you this. What if it's just an example? Instead of it being that you forgot, what if you've just grown in holiness and now you're more sensitive mm. to, like, things that back then you didn't notice, you notice now because you're more mature in your faith? That makes sense, too. And you know, and then, you don't. You may not want to look and go. Well, wait, wait. How can there be more? To, how can there be more? Right? Because <laughs> huh. you, you do kind of buy into that. Well, anyway, yeah. thanks for sharing that, man. Absolutely. That, that's, dude. that's pretty. Uh, I don't know. That's a pretty vulnerable thing to share. Yeah, man. It's real talk. <laughs> hey, how about you, man? How are you doing? Doing okay. Uh, I had to come to. It's funny to talk about this stuff because one of the questions we got today from mm-hmm. Remnant Dudes guy. I guess I, yep, it's running the dude's guy because he says this here. You'll see mm-hmm. it later because <sighs> he didn't clearly know this. I've had to face the reality that, you know, I've had some deep hurt, I think, inside uh, that had turned itself to a little bitterness. And so I had a cool moment uh, this past Sunday just in my prayer, man, where I where I just really saw that and realized some fear I have and, and mistrust in people to say those things and just making a recommitment to living out of who I am in Christ because... I always joke, even on the show, I'm a pessimist. You know, honestly, man, I'm really not. I cover that. You know, I'm almost naive in in the fact that I believe in the good of people and I believe in what God does, meaning in God's people. And I believe in, you know, change and hope. And uh, I think I just got discouraged and let that, and that darkness of discouragement kind of grow into a a little seed of bitterness sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it showed itself in the more of a way that I, kind of the lens by which I viewed the world, uh, my heart, heart was still the same as far as wanting people to know Christ and all that stuff. But it was, it was just, it stopped believing that people even wanted to do good. Sometimes, probably that probably seems really dramatic. And guys, I don't know if you can tell, but because of some of the, the questions we get, I think we're getting a little more hesitant to go deep into our lives. I don't know about you, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. okay, maybe we shouldn't. But I get you. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I can tell you this: really big moment for me, and uh, my prayers. I continue, you know, with some real tangible changes that I've made. 
that I'm making. Um, and I hope will be evident to those close to me. And uh, to, so that's it. More of like <clears throat> nothing massive. Like, well, it is massive, but I know how people are. And I guess I shouldn't even have to say this, but I'm not talking like I'm going to stop doing drugs, which is like right. considering what we talked about the last few weeks. In the <laughs> but more of just, yeah. you know, some internal yeah. stuff and the way I view things and the way I let myself talk. Um, you know, hopefully that's going to make a difference and encourage people around me and stuff. So, so it was good. Very thankful for that. Heck yeah, uh, God man. is so good to us and so patient, man. And if you focus on the circumstances, it's funny, I can preach that all the time. But, you know, it slips into your own life. If you focus on the circumstances, it makes complete sense why you get discouraged sometimes and even pessimistic. Because life's hard, man. And people oh, yeah. are mean. Even within the, people, yeah, man. People, hey, why don't you all stop being mean to each other? Right? It's true, man. I don't, too, I, don't know why, I don't know why we're so mean to each <laughs> we're other. We're mean. It's true. Yeah. But you I appreciate you, man. Oh, like, thanks, dude. Yeah, just I appreciate because I know, like, I've heard people talk about culture a lot in church over the years and since I became a Christian and they, how they say, like, just even just the, the uh, like, how pastors are as mm -hmm. people, even. And, like, I just appreciate how, how honest you are. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. You just, like, being willing to admit, like, hey, like, there was some bitterness in there. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of pastors would admit that. Yeah, and that's sad, too. And honestly, I feel for them when I let myself because... I, I, it can go the other way, too. I'm very blessed by the people I'm around. And sometimes pastors, there's good men pastoring churches that have really bad culture. And they may want to change it and set it differently. But um, I've always particularly, but it's hard to do. And so I'm sure they're human. It can get scary to say things because you, you have to keep these appearances up is the feeling they feel. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a pastor out there listening to this, be encouraged. You know, God chose you put you in that place, and you should be confident in that, and, and you be you. You know, John Eldridge, who wrote the book Wild at Heart, has a quote I love, and I think it applies to pastors too, is, you know, paraphrasing, but um, be who you are and let the world deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. let the world feel the weight of who you are. I love that. And a lot of times we don't want to do that because the world might get upset. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus let people feel the weight of who he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, that made him deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so be encouraged for out there, pastors. You know, you need to be able to share that stuff. And there's lessons for your congregation because you taking that chance, and I get it, I'm young uh, in, the, in the pastor world, so please don't take this in an arrogant way at all because uh, we were just talking before the show. Some of those pastors out there that have been doing this 25, 35, 40 years, I can't, I mean, I am such admiration for them because it's a hard road, man. It's a hard road. Wow, you you get to see long, the best man. of people, but you see a lot of the worst. So, um, you know, God bless you, pastors and leaders out there that have been doing this long term. Thank mm -hmm. you for your service and your example. Thank you. But, you know, encourage you, I guess. Uh, be raw and real with your people because I think that's going to give them courage to be raw and real. And in, in the realness and in the transparency and the confession and the sharing and the carrying each other's burdens, that's where God does the good work, man. He does yeah. the, the deep change. That's good. Ready? Ready for a quote, a cool churchy quote? Yeah. God won't heal what you won't reveal. Mm. Just kidding. He will. He can and mm. will sometimes, but it's much easier if we reveal it. <laughs> so, Unturned, how you doing, man? You got anything? Uh, I'm doing okay, I would say. Um, well, at least striving to be at least okay, um, which is an interesting place to be. Uh, I, I had an internet just yesterday was absolute. Started off really good, and then went straight chaos real fast. Um, zero to sixty <coughs> in a hot minute. So 
Um, I had to deal with that a lot yesterday and even probably for the first time in a while, like I reached out and I was feeling super discouraged yesterday. Um, feeling quite a bit better today. Um, just a lot yeah, of yeah. circumstances and things like that. Um, I, I am a strange individual is because there's still a, like, though I am a negative person, most mm -hmm. people would say, and I am a pessimist, I do have this weird optimistic side of me, like, that at times I'm like a child and I'm like, hey, everything's awesome all mm -hmm. the time. Um, it's good to have. So it, it gets balanced out by, like, I've seen the world and I've had, yesterday was a big part of this. There's that part of me that's like, everything's awesome and everything's going to be okay and I, I trust God and I... I've seen crazy things. You want to know what? I just want to be positive. <laughs> and then there's the jaded part of me that's like fighting to be like, hey, you need to protect yourself. And seeing that again yesterday really kind of sucked. And then just I've even come into some realizations like doing the little things at work that I didn't. I stopped doing and stuff I just used to do in high school that I was like that ended up impacting people. And so like playing Christian rap or being making a point to say certain things or uh, pray openly, which some people will say that's frowned upon, but most of me, I just try to do these little things where like, even at the end of the day, which first of all, I have a ton of crazy conversations at my workplace too, just about Jesus, which by the way, fast food people are the most, some of the most openly, they will openly challenge you and they will <laughs> go, they'll, they'll, they'll fight you straight up but at least though they're willing to say where they're at and like they're willing to talk so i've had crazy arguments at my workplace but they've been also very fruitful and very cool so i got to do a little bit of that yesterday and then like just it was actually kind of encouraging but uh, there was that small moment of discouragement if that mm. that uh, puts it in but it definitely helped reaching out just to the guys and then just kind of getting refocused and realizing like hey i am literally these people i'm probably the only bit of christ they're gonna see ever like this week, like they, we don't have people who are openly Christian or they may not see it, a good representation or they may see somebody else on a bad day and like you still got to show them like that they're loved and then also like who Christ is and that you're different because um, it is easy to fall back into the just what you were mm -hmm. in the ways of the world. So kept that in mind. Uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing, just been thinking about and reflecting on life a lot. Uh, I'm always thinking. So that's pretty much what's been going on with me. It's awesome, man. I mean, it's hard, and like you yeah. said, the hard stuff. But I think it's cool, you know, how God gave you encouragement in that, and yeah, dude. sort of reminds you to be you, and that the kingdom means that because it does. Yeah, man, and it's such a cool like. It, I really appreciate your boldness and having conversations with people at work because I know it's not easy. Because I know I've been in similar spots mm -hmm. before, so I appreciate that, man. Because I know it's not easy. So keep it up for real, because you know you may. You may think it doesn't mean anything to them, but I bet you it does. So, Thank you, thank you. And the only thing I have to tell you people out there who are Christians walking around your workplace, I know you're afraid to talk about Jesus, but at the end of the day, if you're at least willing to talk, uh, most people are willing to talk to you, and you will run into the one mild crazy person who will literally <laughs> die on whatever hill they're on. <laughs> um, mm. But it's, and I know it's scary, because I hate conflict, I really do, I don't want to be in a battle for six hours on my ship, that doesn't sound fun, <laughs> and we're working in fast food, so it's already it's chaotic, but it does, I, AJ's right, it does make a difference, because these people don't get to see that ever, and like, mm -hmm. also it makes a difference for your faith, because that's just standing up, it, it, you're standing up and you're taking steps that 
most Christians won't do. So stand up and actually defend Christ and talk about the word and don't let them just believe that some prosperity gospel is all what the gospel is because that's not what the gospel is. Show them Jesus and don't just show them, talk about him. Having crazy discussions that you may be like, I've never thought about this before, but I know that's not right. What you're saying is not biblical. Mm. Don't let it just stand there because that's what the church has done for a long time. Like we can't stay silent. So they're going to, they may say something that is completely against the Bible. Well, guess what? It's time to say something. And that doesn't mean attack them. That doesn't solve the problem, but it does mean like have a discussion and be like, hey, actually that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. I had a, one of my craziest conversations was is literally somebody came up to me and was like, well, Christians all hate uh, LGBTQ. And I went like this. I went, no, that's, that's a very terrible way of thinking about it. They were like, what? And I'm like, no, I, I don't like what they're doing. What they're doing is a sin, point blank. But that doesn't mean I stop loving them when they tell me that. In fact, it means I need to focus on telling them to Christ, which Todd has talked about a lot. And that is the point. Because we can, we can punch them in the face all day. We can pick at them. We can do all these things. But if they don't know Christ, then what are we actually doing? That's right, man. Just giving them a reason to hate him and spear him on the cross. That's funny. <laughs> Weird. I had no clothes going to talk about this. It brings up a very interesting thing. So the other day I saw an advertisement. Uh-huh. Uh, this goes right along with what you said. And it was nice. from a pastor who wrote a book. I have no idea what the book's called. I'm so sorry. be great for him because he'd get some advertisement. <clears throat> and um, essentially... What it said was, um, his point, because I had an interview with him real brief, and I, had, I don't know why I clicked on it, but, you know, those ads. They, oh, yeah. It, essentially, he was a, he had homosexual urges, but chose to live a life of celibacy and was a pastor because, and it's kind of crazy, man, wow. because on the thought of it, Powerful. we're like, you know, your typical Christian, like, what? And it's like, no, man, that's no different than someone being single their whole life. He's just being honest about what his lust shows itself as. Yeah. And his the point of the book was we need to move past the idea of being afraid of it and look more into ways of supporting our brothers and sisters in Christ who have those feelings and leanings. Does that mean? Makes yeah. sense. Supporting them as they, especially when they choose to not live it. So instead of being like, hey, you just got to deal with it, we, we, have, <clears throat> we have small groups and we have accountability groups for, for men with pornography um, but when it comes to that, it's like we don't want to walk beside them sometimes. Yeah. So I thought it's really interesting that you brought that up because I think that's kind of what he was saying. And some, you know, comments are like, I can't believe we're talking about this. We shouldn't be identified by our sexuality anyway. And that's, he, I think that's his point. And, you know, why is he even saying this? The guy's being honest about his his leanings in his flesh. Right. While saying, while not condoning it, he's showing that by his life and saying what we need to do, though, is we need to support carry each other's burdens. What does that look like for those people? Because, uh, you know, a single man being a pastor, let's say, and, or in ministry, it doesn't have to be a pastor, it be in ministry. <clears throat> it's like we acknowledge that a single guy in ministry may struggle with lust in general and we want to support him, but if his lust doesn't look the way we think it should look, then it's... We, we're not going to support them in that. That's right. Exactly. <clears throat> and it's that's it's a, too, ta <clears throat> too taboo. Yeah, when sin, and I think this ties with what you said, you know, uh, I've always felt this way. There's no point going up to a practicing homosexual, let's say, who walks the doors of my church, our church. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is his homosexuality. I don't, if a single guy comes to the church that doesn't know Jesus, the first thing I talk about is not whether or not he had sex that day or whether or not he looks at porn. It's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So why is it that we make... This idea of cleaning up their sin, the most important thing, when the most important thing is we know they have an inability to do that without Christ. Do you know what I mean? 
So we need to we need to wake up, and and certainly there is a movement within Christianity that goes beyond that and goes into accepting and condoning that, which is funny because we don't accept and condone a single guy like you you know you going out right now as a and sleeping with twenty five women that's not okay right. Um, so I've always you know we've always said this man if you got to be celibate and and clean and fight your lust then then um. And a homosexual would have to fight that as well. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter the form your lust takes. That's right, man. It's all the right? same. I mean, it matters in the sense of like, that's God specifically brings that up for a reason. But I think even that, when you look in the list of sins, he didn't list every single sin that's ever existed. He listed them because he's letting us know the types of ways our sinful nature shows itself and the brokenness of this world. Mm. <clears throat> so we have to be able to support those people and give them hope in Christ and, um, you know, certainly we can't promise that. Sometimes God does remove that. I told you guys I had someone come to my college, and their ministry is they were a practicing homosexual, repented, and now they're married with kids. And, and the guy, I'll, I'll never forget, he goes, are there days that I still have those thoughts for same-sex attraction? Yes, he goes, but more often than not, I don't. And uh, my wife, I love my wife dearly. I'm attracted to my wife. I have children with That's my wild. wife. I enjoy sex with my wife. So it was a powerful thing. Right? so cool, man. Um, but he was also honest about the fact that, and that's still a battle that I periodically have to fight, and he may have to fight it on for the rest of his life this side of heaven. Yeah, man. But sometimes God doesn't complete, you know, maybe for whatever reason that's an ingrained thing, and they choose they they have they'd rather be single and celibate than even, you know, approach marriage. And I think there's there there's honor in that in the sense I agree. that they're still choosing to follow God radically. By yeah. not giving into it, right? Oh yeah. Oh, and by giving into it, we mean accepting it and trying to condone it biblically. When that's very clear, it's not. Hmm. It, the the world, does that make sense? Because oh, I'm yeah. really meaning oh, we need to support those people. One hundred percent. It even goes with this. Jesus is countercultural, no matter what the time period is. And if you want to put him inside of a box and say that you either have to accept it or you have to be completely against it, that's that doesn't accept what you mean homosexuality you have to accept i mean i am against the practice homosexuality but that's not even necessarily what i'm saying what i'm saying is sin is sin that's right we are called to turn away from anything inside of us and acknowledge it as sin that is sinful to god and we're supposed to stop so you know for instance i would i have moments of lust we all do that that if we let it it could control our lives right oh yeah god's grace we we seek to it's funny you said striving we seek to fight that off, and I believe that we can, and I believe that when we focus on doing what He told us, that's right, man. loving people, reading His Word, worshiping—there's not a lot of time to give in to lust, you know. No, there isn't, man. Um, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, it's yeah. not. So it's more about the nature of sin. So yes, I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, you know, but I think it should never be the first thing we talk about. That's that's oh, ridiculous, 100%. you know, because um, that's it doesn't make any sense. Now, if they bring it up from preaching about Christ, and they say because. They probably will, right? Because they've right. been raised in that culture. Well, oh, are you saying I'm not allowed? You know, I shouldn't be gay. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm saying it's a sin, and that's just one of the ways your sinful nature shows itself. Yep. I'm yeah, saying you need a savior, just like I do. Anyway, great stuff, Clint. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. <sighs> Segway. Segway. Before we move on, I feel like it's important to give a a capstone, a period, a conclusion, if you would. To my saga about subtly being accused by my healthcare provider of being a drug dealer. <laughs> so where I've landed on this, and I think I told you guys this this morning or last night, I can't remember, is I've decided to fight the system. 
Because what I've realized is this is wrong. You understand me? This is wrong. They, they literally are telling me that a reality isn't a reality. That I did not take a drug, which again, this is so backwards. I should be arguing <laughs> that I didn't take a drug. That I, but they are saying that I did not take a drug. That you, me, Clint, everybody that knows me yep. has seen me take. Yep. And they are saying that I have never taken it. Which nope. you yourself told me last night. The implication is what? If I'm that not taking it, then I'm selling it. Yeah. And I am standing up to you, healthcare provider. <laughs> you know, you're a nice guy. You seem like it. But I refuse to listen to your tyranny. And I'm going to do what I can to stand up for all the little accused drug dealers out there who are told that they don't take drugs when they do. That's right. <laughs> so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you got to go listen to the last two episodes. I kind of catch you up, especially... Two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm telling you, that's yeah. where I've landed. Breaking I'm bad. fighting the I'm fighting the man. That's right. I'm going. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking it. Because now man. it's not about the fact that I take drugs. <laughs> it's about the fact that you're accusing me of not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right? So I am not a drug dealer, and I my good name matters to me. That's right. So... The fact is, the more I thought about it, this guy literally, I said to him, and I'm what? stubborn enough, I said, I will take a drug test every day to prove I take drugs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right? If that's what it takes. So This is what blows my mind, is what could they have possibly thought was, was coming up in the test? It said it was there. That would be revealing it to be that. Like, what do you... Like, that I got fake This urine. guy eats unlimited amounts of poppy seeds. You know, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Or whatever it could be, like... Yeah, I, mean, I have no idea. I don't know. But he says that I don't take it. And you know what's weird is, well, first off, this whole thing is bizarre, as oh, I just yeah, said. I'm insane. having to prove I take drugs. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to prove but, I take drugs. Uh, with that, with this, I was thinking about this. Think about it. It is literally, you know what else this, okay, I remember what I was going to say. You know what this reminds me to? I hate the fact, I'm going to ask my friend, G. Jane, Jane Jill, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. I want to ask her this. If she has access, I can't say this. I'd be curious to know. I'm just going to ask her. Hey, Jill, if you're watching, Jill Doe. Okay. Jane Doe, right? Yeah. Jill Doe. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know if they really have, and I believe they do, secretive notes about us in their system that we can't see. Because Bro, they probably put in there, I, flag this guy as a drug dealer. I guarantee Actually, you. As we speak, I'm I, ask. I guarantee you they probably have something similar to this. Because listen to this. This is, this is a little inside action from one of my previous jobs. Okay. And, and the reason why I want to make this point is because of the drastic difference. So I used to work at a place. It was a call center. And I used to book hotels for people. So they'd call in, and you'd make a reservation for them. So we had a little software system where you would type in their information, get in the room and everything, tell them the total, whatever, and then you would submit it, and they would go to the hotel so they could just go in and check in. There was a line in these notes. So there's two lines. There'd be a line where you'd put details of the reservation. Then there was a second line, and according to everybody, that second line, the person could not see it, but you could. Yep. And I'm not kidding. When I, one time I pulled, because they, you can also, people can sign up for like the rewards program. And so you could type in their name and find their profile in the system already. So you don't have to ask for all their information already. You could just pull it up. Somebody 
this person, I, I had pulled up their profile in that line where they claim the customer cannot see. They had put very rude person. I told you. I told you. They put very rude person. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. So the fact that this this software just to, you, you use just to book hotels for people, if they can do that, I guarantee no, you. No, I know they can. The healthcare system. Or could. like anxious guy. Right. 100%. Um, which I don't know if they should do that because it could color – like, say, for instance, they say, like, this guy's a hypochondriac. Hypochondriac mm -hmm. means uh, worries about illnesses, makes it, you know, that kind of thing. Worry, worries excessive about health issues. And I go in. Let's say that's what I am. And, I, and now all of a sudden, I have a real issue. But they read, this guy is always worried about his health. Mm -hmm. They're going to think anything I say is just me worrying. They're not going to, they're not, does that make sense? They're not going to listen. They're not going to take it as seriously as they were if, 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 if they don't say, blah, 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 as it, you know what I mean. Then yeah. if I didn't say it, didn't say that. I right. Not speaking. I get, I get what you're saying. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Huh? You bring up an interesting point because actually in the counseling and psychology field, that exists, but it's very frowned upon to use it. Mm. Um, well, so that even makes more sense if there's if it's their own in the sense of like a reminder, maybe about a specific thing. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, more in the fact of between uh, providers because every psychologist and every counselor will want to make their own deductions or their own diagnosis. Yeah. Because, yes, they, it will color them. And they're like, well, I can see that. So they essentially it would shift between that because that, that is a, that's what they want to do. They want to make it, so especially with mental health and things like that, they definitely want to start from the beginning because they don't want to trust Billy Bob because they don't know that doctor. Mm. Or maybe even if they mm. do, they want to make their own because they will – there's a chance they will see something different than the other doctors. So I think that should be across medical fields unless they start getting a weird vibe where they're like, okay, obviously this person isn't telling me something, and then they reach out to the other doctor. Hmm. Makes sense. I, anyway, we'll see. I just sent a text to our friend who's in the medical field yeah. to find out if they have these, these secret notes. They have to. Guys, we've had another breaking, breaking moment here. We did? Yeah. So, in the intern thread at this church... Oh, no, I have to look. It's not bad. Let's see if you're going to see what my topic's going to be. Go ahead and read it. Did you see it? This brings me to something I want to ask the crowd about, because I find that hilarious. He said it very nicely, but what is he essentially saying? <laughs> All right? What is he essentially saying in his really nice way? One of our awesome interns here, what is he saying? He's saying, please don't eat this. Please don't eat my food. Now, this brings me to a point. Okay. I want to ask you guys this. Not not the workplace. That's different. Okay, so put that out. Because I know the workplace, people eating your lunches and stuff. That's a real issue. It's real. Okay. Okay. You're living with a group of people, group of guys. Okay. Yeah. You're in college. Your yeah. roommates. I don't know. Maybe you're po post that. Maybe you're a group of interns. Uh-huh. Okay? Now, now, stay with me. On the one hand, we have kind of a thing here at the, at the Remnant House internship program. Yeah. Where... And it, and you have it's funny when different people come in. Some people are real cool, like happens easy with them. Like you kind of adapted to it pretty oh, easy. Oh yeah, yeah. Fun turn had a like he'll admit to you he kind of struggled with it, and I think he's pretty much embraced it now. Casa su casa. Yeah. Now I get it. I'm gonna make a case for both real quick. Mm -hmm. So those listening, here's the deal. <laughs> we say our food is your food. Yeah. If there's food in the fridge or the cabinets, it's Eat your it. food. It's right. Now there's sort of a little known rule, right? If it's like a birthday cake. Sure. Or it's like something special mama made. You know, you're not going to necessarily eat that, right? Right. Because we care. You guys care for each other. But, oh, sure. but otherwise, you open the door and there is five hamburgers, right? Yeah. 
I've always been in the opinion. I got five hamburgers in there. Hey, have it. Absolutely. Okay. Now I get. Stay with me. Again, okay. Bag of chips, stuff like you know. My food, your food. What food, man? We can all share food. All right. So stay with me. Now everybody's like the the gray area becomes leftovers from let's say fast food rest or restaurants Chinese. Okay. okay. Now there's sort of it's the culture here in this Random House program. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong. It's sort of like, hey, we try not to do that. If it's there past 24, 48 hours, somebody's probably going to eat it. Right? Probably. Sort of, and then it's sort of gotten to the point now I've already noticed, because it took me a while even, where if it's in the fridge as a leftover, usually it's unless somebody says, hey, I bought this Chinese for later, guys, you know, I'm going to eat it. There's no problem. It's free game nothing, usually. But there's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. But if they don't, there's kind of this unspoken thing of like, if no one says anything, it's for anybody. That's right. Right? We got a new guy. All right. Now, new guy comes in, and I'm not, if he's watching, you know I love you. Long-term viewer turned to... Now, the new guy let us know today, okay, that he bought some instant lunches, <laughs> and he said, now, P.S., we've never talked to this guy about this. He's never been, like, in fact, I personally, you guys tell me, have you heard him, has he complained about anyone eating his food? No. In fact, I thought yeah. it was kind of cool because no. he bought, this guy buys pizza more than anyone I've ever known in my life. This loves dude pizza. loves pizza because apparently where he's from, a completely different state, they don't have pizza huts. Nope. Right? So this guy loves pizza, which God bless him. I was like, man, he leaves his pizza out for everyone to eat. Oh, yeah. Well, then I started slowly noticing, I wonder if he's not leaving it out for people to eat. He's just leaving his pizza out and he's subtly angry that people are eating his pizza. Now, he's never said to me anything about this food, okay? Has he said anything to you guys before I continue the story? No. Complaining? Okay, then that makes this even funnier, right? So, as far as we know, this new guy, we'll call him New Guy. <laughs> new Guy Intern, okay? So, this new guy who we love, and when we mean that, he has come in, he's been a culture setter, he has fit in. We love the guy, right? Oh, I really do genuinely love him. He's awesome. Shout out. Really, you know who you are, new guy. If he wants to end up ratting himself out who he is, he can do that. Oh, yeah. We'll let him. So, new guy comes today, moments ago, and essentially says to us, hey, guys, I bought some, I'm going to paraphrase, so it's not his exact words. I'm not breaking his trust. Bought a few lunches while I was out. Okay, the, the indication here is probably microwavable, perhaps, you think? Oh, yeah. uh -huh. And he says, I, I marked them for, quote, or, you know, quote, I marked them for new guy. He didn't say new guy, says his name, but that yeah, for, yeah. for new guy, because I, I bought them for me for work so I can get back on track, eating at least a little healthier, and it's not a bad, you know, bag of chips a day. And on the surface, you're kind of like, I mean, you know what he's saying, Right? Am I wrong to take this as a subtle warning to not eat new guys' food? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind I mean, of. Is that how you read yeah. it? Yeah. Now here's yeah. where it gets interesting. He has never said a word yeah. that he is that we that anyone's even eating his food. Oh my gosh. Right? Am I right here? Yeah. No, I'm. So I never... when I read this, I mm -hmm. say, "How did we get here?" <laughs> I, <laughs> we get I feel here. like we skipped a few steps here. Right? So this will be oh, interesting. Man. So my question, even though to everyone out there is, what's your what's your theory on sharing food? Is and here's why. And even families, because some families are even like this. Yeah. Is it in your place? Is it I have my food, everybody's got their own food, right? Um, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Or is it a hey, Mikasa? Two casas, two casas, like you said. Mm -hmm. 
your house, my house, eat eat the food. If there's food in there, I was raised this way personally, right? Yeah. In my house, it was like my mom, if I ate the last cookie and didn't give it to you, I was in trouble, okay? Mm-hmm. that That's just the way it is. And as, it was kind of cool because, you, you know, when you're a kid, especially, I was selfish with that. I was like, hey, those are my Reese cups, you know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful my parents kind of teaching me that in general. Yeah. But I'm not mocking you if this is you, but are you of the type, those out there, I would love to know, are you the, my food's my food, and be honest, Norman, I'm <laughs> just kidding, I just randomly wanted to say his name. Um, my food's my food, your food's you fo- your food, okay? So maybe it's college situation, maybe it's intern. Now, here's where that can go. In which case, do you label everything? Do you put, and I'm saying, I mean, is that, right. the, I'm not mocking this. It's going to sound like I am. In the, as I ask this question, are you a person that would say, hey, in an ideal world, we all have labels and we write our names on the food? Do you have your own but, shelf? Because how, yeah, we tried that. I had a different that, one. Actually. All right. Anyway. Or do you say, hey, you know what? It kind of goes around, comes around. Every, if I buy food and you eat it, if it's not special food, you're going to do it. And it's going to be kind of this thing. And, and yeah. you're right. Listen, I get the pros and cons. The cons are, what if there's a mooch? Well, in our case, we talk to the mooch. Like, listen, yeah. man, you're eating our food, but you don't ever want us to eat your food. Right. Right? That's kind of how it works around here. <clears throat> so where are you at? Is it, I'm really curious. Let's take an informal poll here. Would love to know in the comments. Where, where where would you put it in the in the comments of the video? It, you can actually make a poll. Like it's in the the options to make a poll. But and just like on that one place, it. right? I think yeah, you can put it for like a certain time. Frame. But I mean, just on Facebook. For uh, instance. Yeah, yeah, it would just be on Facebook. Yeah, see, I mean, I want it everywhere. That's fair. So, all right, drop a comment or send it in at www.theremnant.live/slash/real-talk. Are you? We'll just simplify. You nice. are a my foods, my food, or a foods free game. Nice. Now, before you came here, how did you? How was your life? Oh, it was whoever. Kind of. That's how you've mm-hmm. always been. That's probably why you accepted it so easily. Yeah. Clint, on your hand, your case though, that was not the case, oh, right? Oh no. Well, I, my case, it's very, first come very first serve basis for my household. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my household. My household, there was segregation of food. Literally. In fact, it was literally locked behind the door. <laughs> that's a tale for another day. But yes. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> Looked at that door many a times, thinking I can I can break that door. You did get it. You did break in there, didn't you? Didn't you get in there a few times? Uh, if it was unlocked, I did. But I did I did think about breaking down that door many times. But there was a just imagine a little hunger Funturn had at that moment. He's like, I'll have a ding dong, whatever it takes, right? Like exactly. I, that Twinkie, exactly. I will have it. If I have exactly. to, ch- I mean, you you got to the point that you're craving for a Twinkie. Let's say. Well, it's to the point you're like, I'll shoulder bust this door and deal with the consequences after yeah. as I'm in a drunken Twinkie stupor on the ground when they find me, right? Because at that point, you're going to smash it all, right? You're oh, going to yeah. eat everything because they're not oh, going to yeah. pull it out of you. <laughs> if you're going to break the door, you might yeah, as well just eat everything. Yeah. What, do you remember the types of things behind the door that made you go, God, I want to get in there, right? Uh, yeah, Hopefully. lots of nice, Gosh, nice, nice cereals. Like, what, um, were the, what were the nice cereals? Like, like... Name brand cereals that were like what the was one of them? Good like, ones, give me like one that you remember. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> You'd have done flakes. anything for your Frosted Flakes and I Lucky Charms. I, I, got, I got Frosted Flakes. There was there was like Reese's, the Reese's cereals, Reese's Pieces, whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, that is not a cereal. That's not the name of the cereal. Reese's Puffs. Oh my bad, Reese's Puffs. Uh, it's there, not there a bowl like, full of Reese's Pieces, dude. Just yeah, in a with milk. Weird. That would that'd be, be so. It might not be bad. Butter <laughs> butters back there. There was like nice crackers. So um, let me get this straight, so I'm clear for everyone out here. Mm-hmm. Who had access to the good food? Everybody else. Where was your food stored? 
top shelf in the corner of one of the cabinets. And I got like literally... So tell me what was in there. So we had some Frosted Flakes. What other cereals would you get? Uh, typically Frosted Flakes. Um, Which are delightful, by the way. Cheer yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios, because they just buy the giant box. Oh, okay. See, um, you're still... Yeah, okay. Uh, that's pretty much the only Have you ever had regular Cheerios with sugar added? My grandma used to make it for me yeah, every time I So over. good. Anyway. Mm -hmm. and, and then, then what else would be in yours? Uh, for the longest like, what time, was nothing. staples? What were the staples of Clint's food cabinet? Saltines. <gasps> I love saltines. Uh, peanut butter, if I was allowed to touch the peanut butter. Man. Uh, and right. it also depended on when I got a job, I, I went out and I bought my own stuff. And you got, you could do that. Yeah. You could buy the Reese's Plus yourself. Yep, That's and right. then they would take from that. Yeah, listen, man, I'm not gonna, you know. That, that anyway, yeah, we understand. I got off topic. That. We that that leads that would explain why the man is like, listen, my food's my food. Yeah. Right. And and I believe for the most part, you're like, it's pretty natural for you now. Like we oh, yeah. share. Oh and yeah. It, listen. Gotten, oh yeah. We've had to say at times it's not awkward. Like, hey, man, you know, I don't have a lot of money right now. We say that to each other. And we're like, we get it. Sure. Right. And honestly, guys out there, it's not pure chaos. Believe it or not. Like if we come in and we see, let's say, fun turn here has bought himself, you know, a box of, of Hot Pockets. We're not going to... You're I'm not, not going like, to smash the Hot Pockets. Yeah, nobody's going to eat his whole box of Hot Pockets, you know, yeah. things like that. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, because why? Well, we love each other, right? There's a, oh, yeah. there's a love there. Anyway, I'm just curious. And, you know, new guy... New guy really escalated this, in my opinion. I feel like we skipped a lot of steps here, <laughs> there was, right? There was so and, and the thing about the new guy's warning is it's so subtle, yet so threatening. Right? <laughs> Am I wrong here? Because the way you read it, it's the kind of nice that's like, hey, I really hope you don't step over that line. Because something might happen if you step over that line. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just joshing. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll let you know how that goes. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy, that new guy didn't complain. Because this leads me to believe how many times has new guy been upset? About someone eating his food. Uh, yeah, oh, that's man. what I thought. Because when I saw, I saw it pull up way before you guys thought, I just looked at it and I went, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious, man. Culture's, culture's interesting, man. Yeah. Like how it shapes Yeah, you. yeah, it, it is. is. Uh -huh. And I've learned that. And like, um, you know, I'm not even judging it. I probably right. do because we tend to ju judge from <laughs> sometimes from our perspective because I'm like, dude, it's freaking, it's, you know, it's a pack of cookies. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, get you, I'll get another pack. Right. Know? Now, don't get me wrong. There's times you want a nice bowl of Reese's Plus. You come down, the whole box is gone. That's different. Right. Because in that case, and, and it's also, I will admit this, when a person eats, 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 but doesn't allow anyone to eat theirs, then you're kind of like, okay. Dude, yeah, You're not contributing sense. to the whole here. That makes sense. But anyway, mm -hmm. so I had to bring it up. Random fun fact, because we're talking about food growing up as kids. One of my favorite foods that my parents used to buy reg on the regular was those sugar wafers. Those little sugar wafer cookie things. Those are so good. They used to get like the chocolate and the strawberry. You remember those? Yeah, I loved those. They used Wait, to what were they? Chocolate strawberry? What? I was. I got a response I I, from our friend in the medical field, so I got oh. distracted. Go ahead. It was like those like little sugar wafers. So it was the pink ones. Oh yeah, the yeah. I used to get them ones. all the time. Yeah, you'd have like a chocolate and a strawberry and a and, and a orange or something. Yeah, or weird. orange. It was yeah. some. Yeah, I those love are those good. things, dude. Underrated. So good. Underrated. Way underrated. underrated. We used to. They so used to vanilla buy the wafers. Packs. Vanilla wafers. You know oh, the man. little ones that go on like banana pudding? Yeah. I had to try to... Uh, those are, you don't like those? I think those I, are so I good. do. I just one time in, in high fact, school, I, like I had to do a debate over which cookie was better, and my group drew those. Was it a tough debate? Oh, 100. Yeah, because everyone else would like, you know, 
like chocolate chip and. Did you make an argument about they can cook them, cook with them? We made our biggest, our biggest you can one make was a there. pie crust. Our, <laughs> our biggest, it was its versatility. That was our biggest. It's a simple cookie. I bet you it was a British invention. I could see that. Fun turn. Get on the case. Find out when who invented vanilla. Wait, uh, wait. Is that what they're called? Vanilla, vanilla wafers. wafers. Yep. Find out the year and where. In the meantime, as he's talking about that, I want to give you an answer from our connection in the medical field. Heck yeah. So I said, I have a question. Okay. Do you doctors slash nurses have notes in your system about patients that we can't see? Maybe stuff like, quote, anxious guy, end quote. Quote, grumpy guy, end quote. Okay. Quote, probable drug dealer, end quote. <laughs> she says, yes, LOL, laughy face. And then says, however, they can't chart speculation slash personal thoughts only. Our th personal thoughts. Only facts are what is seen by tests. I'm going to say, okay, they can't and aren't supposed to. But do they? But have you ever seen? Yes. Hmm. Because we all know humans. Yeah, they're human. They're going to do something like that. That's just like... People are, don't like rules, man. Mm-hmm. So. So, from the Wikipedia on... This is great news. I can't nice. wait. Uh, it was invented in the late 19th century by German-American confectioner, confectioner Gustav yeah. A. Mayer. I knew it was not American. Staten Island. In Staten Island. So it was made in America, it was made but by America. a German. Yep. It's an American cookie. <laughs> wow. So the 1800s. No. Nice. American, American-born. German. German-engineered. Nice. Yep. American-born, German-made. You know how I knew... <laughs> It's true. D we 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 would not have stopped with the simple vanilla wafer. We would oh, have yeah. frosted it immediately, wrapped it in chocolate, mm -hmm. put sprinkles on it. We just can't stop. Oh, we yeah. wrapped it in peanut butter. Sounds good, actually. Peanut butter with chocolate around it. Oh, Whatever. yeah. Actually, they make those. It's nutter butter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I really want some vanilla wafers right now. Anyway. All right, we're moving on, guys. If you're still around at this point and this is your first show, I'm so sorry. Uh, we're going to dive into our uh, anonymous questions. Thank you, man, for your, your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Um, but your anonymous questions, um, and I will start. Okay. So, AJ, fun turn. Here's what I thought. <clears throat> Question is, how can people believe completely different things and still say they are both Christian? Example, one says that Christians have eternal security, and another says a Christian can lose their salvation. One says Earth is 10,000 years old, and another says it's 7 million years old. Excuse me. Would a good God let there be that kind of confusion and disagreement? Sorry, I hiccuped. <clears throat> well, I think that it is totally possible for Christians to coexist and disagree. That's why there's a difference between what we call primary and secondary issues. So, for example... Uh, Christians have an eternal security and then saying another one saying they can lose their salvation. I think, you know, that can, for, to me, that is kind of a primary issue. So I think that can really, yeah, if you believe that, I think that may be, that can be hard for us to coexist at times. But I don't think that's really necessarily what makes God, like, would a good God let there be that kind of confusion, disagreement? I, I don't think that God's a part of that confusion and disagreement i think that's us in mm -hmm. our <clears throat> excuse me i think that's kind of part of our sin that's part of the curse of who we are yeah without a good point. him is we tend to we're just divisive 
<laughs> in our hearts. True, you man. know, like we want to disagree. Sometimes we disagree just to disagree. Um, and I think we're, you know, if if you're a Christian listening, you know, you talk. we can talk about the Tower of Babel, you know, where God had to take them and separate them because of what they were doing. You know, I think that we're just naturally... Um, Without God, we are just naturally uh, rebellious, and that means we're going to rebel against each other at times, too. So I don't even think God's a part of that. Uh, I think that's our own sin. Yeah, I will say it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. This is bo- Those are good points, but mm-hmm. this has bothered me at times <clears throat> because, uh, I mean, he particularly used to. So it's kind of the argument. Like, I try to look at it from the outside. You're not a Christian. You see Christians, and they literally have – because on the surface – 10,000 years and 7 million years, that's a huge difference. You're like, oh, my gosh, everyone's got this opinion and blah, 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 right? Because mm-hmm. they don't know that maybe that doesn't really matter in the scheme of the gospel. Right. Right? Um, I, I guess as you were talking and about it, I kind of landed on, I agree with you. I think we tend to, like, first off, we shouldn't make those things as big a deal as we do. Exactly. And I think the things that are in there uh, – you know, God's truth doesn't change, and it's our, a lot of times I think we read into Scripture sometimes on these topics, I don't know what we want to be true, maybe, um, but like mm-hmm. eternal security is a big deal to me too, and I think it's pretty clear in Scripture, but there's smart people out there that, you know, I do think, it, actually that's a lot, I think it's completely a primary issue, but as far as the 10,000 year olds, 7 million years old, the way I look at it is if that was important, God would have told us straight out. Oh yeah. And... I think sometimes the only reason it's kind of important nowadays is is the idea of carbon dating and how, you know, non-creationists try to use that to disprove the existence of God, which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the earth, you know, whether global warming matters, you know, those kinds of things. So I think a lot of times we make, like AJ said, we make the things that shouldn't be as big a deals. We make them things that to fight and be not unified on. Oh, yeah. So like we will... I think back to that video we watched like last year, maybe it was earlier this year, about that progressive pastor who's just saying some crazy yep. things. That's something to argue about. That's something to say you cannot be in the same camp. No. But I, I admit from the outside it looks crazy that both would say they're Christian when one is over here going, there are eternal security is existing. And one's like, you're always secure. And one's like 10,000 and 7 million. It's like, how are you all in the same house? Yep. But I think that's the beauty of it is, is we are all flawed. We are all, at the end of the day, um, not God. Mm-hmm. And we try to fill in blanks sometimes, and because we are so prideful and argumentative and bullheaded, sometimes mm-hmm. we try we argue about things you know, that yeah, we, man. maybe we shouldn't. And when it comes to, like the brokenness of the world, like I feel like the church, even though we're not perfect, we look a lot like a lot of other places. When you think about and that's heartbreaking, it. it is heartbreaking. But also, it's like I think people expect the church to be like this perfectly aligned thing when it's. If you know the truth, it's it's not going to be that because of our sin, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I could I feel like I can use even the same example of like, well, you know what, man, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. This guy's a Chicago Bulls fan, but he doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> but he's like, I'm a Bulls fan. Like, you I don't know Michael Jordan. That's a really good way. To How say are it. you a Bulls fan? Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And then he's like, Well, I'm a Bulls fan. I'm from Chicago. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, and then you're yeah. like, what? So it's to me, it's like. There's similarities, which that's like you said, example, it, it, which you said is unfortunate, but that's just to me that just shows like human heart. Kind yes, of. and it shows our condition without God, like our that's sin. Good. You know, if anything, it kind of points back to it. Exactly. Is that? A, sorry, I got distracted. That's a drone. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Great question. Thank you for sending that in, whoever did that. I think you're up, buddy. Mm. My bad. No, um, it's my fault, man. I took it. Let's see. Asked you right as you took a sip. So... It says, we've been talking a lot at our church about facing the reality of who we are. I think at our church, they mean the remnant based yes, on Yes, I believe so. Uh, it says, the dirt, the filth, the ugliness. What do you do when you face that and it makes you question why anyone would choose you? Is this, if this is who I really am, dirty, sinful, utterly broken, and all these other things that are hard to look at, and I believe that I am, then why does anyone choose to be in a relationship with me? Why does God choose me? What I do with these, rest, what do I do with these wrestlings? I know facing these things allows us to truly recognize the greatness of God's grace, but what does it mean for our relationships with others? Well, first of all, I think that the recognition doesn't always have to be something external. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to come up and look at, you know, my wife or girlfriend or my friend and go, I am selfish and I hate people sometimes and I just looked at pornography right now or, you know, or I have a desire to do that. We should confess sins to people at times. But my yes. point is like, Essentially, the idea that we're talking about and facing the reality is just remembering because it keeps us from being in a place of arrogance and yes. it keeps us thankful and it keeps us, it allows us, the point is not to like look at it and be condemned. The point is to look at it and say, God knows that and he still loves me and there's freedom in that, right? I don't have to be self-righteous. <clears throat> I don't have to live on the performance treadmill. Yep. I know what I am without God and God knows that and he's, his word says that we are chosen, beloved, that he'll never let us go, um, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, all those things. And so why does God choose you? Let's start with that easy one. Mm -hmm. God knows who you really are. Okay, what does that mean? So the way I've liked to look at this, and we've talked about this, and and the skit guys do something similar to this. You brought this up in one Mm -hmm. of their um, things. But I've always viewed it as like we are born into this world covered in dirt, mud. We were kind of dipped in mud from birth. And have you ever seen someone like in the movies even or yourself that where it's caked on you? Yes. And we got this mud caked on us really, really thick. And everyone walks around and we all live caked in mud. The mud is our sin, our sinful nature. And out of that is how we are like dirty and maybe, you know, it makes us grumpy and it makes our skin itch. So we're irritable. Yeah. Blah, blah. Well, we all have it. When we come to know God, it's it, we are acknowledging to him that we're dirty. Lord, I have caked on mud. That's and right. some people can't admit that because they're too ashamed or embarrassed or they're too prideful. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, they have a suit over their caked over muddy body. And so they're like, look at me. I look good. And you're like, dude, there's still mud all over your face. Mm-hmm. What God does is he, and the Holy Spirit is, he changes the inside of us, cleans it, and then the outside begins to match that. And so what that means is, practically, the way I've always viewed it is, he begins to knock the mud off, the caked mud. That's right. Right? He's washed us clean. Now he's just getting rid of the little pieces of mud left that are on the outside. Um, and the beauty of acknowledging it is not to, th- not to say, I'm still that. It's to say, I can let go of my own salvation, of keeping it, of holding it, of pretending that I don't have any little bits of dirt still left on me. He loves me right where I'm at because he sees who I really am. And who I really am is perfectly clean and devoid of all dirt, right? <laughs> And there's rest in that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So let me give you an example. Let's say that I think <clears throat> that, let's say I'm in a human relationship. And if I am selfish one time, I know that my father is going to kick me out of the house. All right, it's a perfectionist mindset. If he catches me, leave, all right, let's just do this. If, he ca- if I leave one sock out, 
I'm kicked out of the house. Yep. Okay, so let's, let's move it to that. Okay. So, um, dirty house. So I spend my whole life, <clears throat> now it'd be better if you say, like, I, uh, I always, I have to get straight A's or I'm kicked out of the house. This is better. Okay. And I get F's and I stuff them under my bed. Every now and then I get a C. Mm-hmm. Sometimes an F and I stuff it under my bed and I only show him the good stuff, right? Before I know it, let's say I did that for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. How big would that pile be? Oh, huge. And it would, would I be nervous that every time he comes in, he's going to see it, right? Because at that point, yeah. there's so much under there. And then what, remember, what happens if, if I have a below an A? He's kicking me out of the house, right? That's, That's right. what I believe. Imagine the relief if you looked at your father and said, hey, I know I still have a place to go. I've gotten a lot of A's, but I sometimes still get some C's. And he goes, I know. I've seen that pile since the day you put it there. I love you. I'm never kicking you out of the house. Man. Right? That frees you from fear and anxiety. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. So that's what it means. So assuming you have, whether, I don't know if you're married who asked this or you want to be, you want to find someone who also recognizes that, who recognizes and loves you right where you're at um, and wants to walk that out with you. Not, but here's the thing. You, you need to continue to live in that hu- humility, right? The Bible says, don't consider yourself above others, but in humility, consider, you know, be a servant to everyone, sort of, right? But in humility, don't, um, you know, consider others above you, essentially. And I think that's what we really mean by that, is stop being afraid of the dirt. God knew that it's going to take a while to clean it all off, and he, once you are adopted and saved, he said you're a co-heir. Jesus himself said, no one will ever snatch you out of my hand. Right, so I know that was probably a long answer, no, but I think it's, good, it's important. Man. It's really because that makes sense. You think? Yeah, turn to people that are just okay, Christians out there. We are not meant to live in fear and anxiety. How do? Well, no, tell, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says, um, "Perfect love casts out all fear," because fear has to do with punishment. Mm-hmm. The one who fears has not been perfected in love. Here's where it gets deep. God is love, right? So perfect love. What's perfect love? God. God casts out all fear. Why would I live in fear of my Father? He knows anyway. But sometimes in the, in the Christian culture, it can become this sort of uh, masquerade, this game where we, all right, pre- we just put suits over our muddy spots, and we're always afraid that the sleeve's going to come up and show I still got a piece of mud here. Yep. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. I 100% agree with you. All right. Good stuff. Great question. Moving forward. All right. We have the return of Remnant Dudes guy. Remnant, Remnant dudes. dudes. Remnant Dudes, cheer up. Actually, Remnant Dudes, cheer up. Hey, Remnant Dudes, cheer up. Sorry, his exclamation point. Stop and think of the miracles God has done in your lives. Ask yourself this question. Do I praise God more or do I complain to God more? Love you, cool dudes. <laughs> um, it's funny, man, because we, we initially kind of saw this question. We had a very short discussion on it. But uh, it's cool because I think lately like we were in a place, at least, okay, I guess I'll focus on me. I was in a place where I was definitely... You know, I was not cheerful. I was not joyful. I was, I was looking at joy and slapping it away. <laughs> I was going, no, I don't want it. Um, yeah. And was I complaining to God more? Absolutely. You know, I think I was. I was not in a place of being thankful for anything. Um, so it's funny that you sense that remnant dudes person. <laughs> um, so it's cool, and I appreciate you being willing and bold enough to just say, "Hey, guys, cheer up." You know. You know, we we get to serve the God of, I don't know, man. It's the God of the universe. It's insane. You know, he, and there's so much to be thankful for. You know, you just talked about how 
you know, in God's love, there is no fear. And that's just so, I don't know, man. What would it look, what would it look like? You should be cheerful. Um, Amen. So I appreciate you. Um, I definitely, lately, I was, I was definitely complaining to God more than I was praising God. And I want to praise God more. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I guess I will. I mean, I agree that I think it, we should praise him more. And, um, but I'll say this, you know, real talk is about giving freedom for people to share. And, if you know, a lot of people are in that position. And we don't, <clears throat> I don't want to add to the masquerade by pretending. We're very intentional about sharing with you guys the hard things. Hmm. You talk to us, talk to us, you watch us and listen to us share our real lives, maybe one hour, one and a half hours out of a week. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that's the way we're living the rest of the week. We let you know the struggles just like we try to let you know the joys. And maybe it has been a little more negative lately, but people go through those seasons. Yeah. And I think part of this show is being real and saying, you know what? Yeah, maybe we're in that kind of place, but we love God still and he still loves us. And we're trying to figure this out. And sometimes it's as simple as repenting of sin. Sometimes it's as simple as recognizing we're not doing what he told us to do. Um, So I'm not going to, you know, apologize. I don't think this came off as negative. But I want to make that clear. Like, we're intentional about sharing those things. Of course, you don't think we could be more popular maybe if we just laughed and pretended everything was great and talked about, but sometimes it's do not. Do a hot challenge every week? Yeah, which we did. Um, <laughs> but do I, you know, but I think your point is very good. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. And I think when you praise God, it doesn't leave a lot of time to complain. It's true. So thank you for that reminder. Um, and cheering up, you know, I think we are. God is gracious with us both. It's funny. All three of us, actually, are kind of in this cool place. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, very thankful for that. Thankful for your encouragement, Remnant News guy. You've always been so encouraging to us. We love you, too, man. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Moving on. So this one, this is, a, this is an interesting one because I have no idea what this is. It says, what do you guys think about in, in, Invertro fertilization? In vitro. In vitro, which is, is that not a Nirvana? Name album name? Well, I don't know if that's in. You've never heard of in vitro fertilization? No, that's where the. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so yes, what do you guys think about invertro fertilization? I've always believed that it was a miracle for parents who are unable to make babies on their own. However, I saw a post today where someone was talking about how it is actually a bastardization of how God intended creation to be, and that it causes a lot of lives to be made and lost and lost when it fails. Now, after some research, I feel a little worried about it. What do you guys think? So, maybe I know what it is. We've just never heard the actual term of it. That would, that would probably that would make sense. So, it's just like when they're like they essentially uh, take someone else's like sperm and like use it to like. Uh, it doesn't have to be someone else's. It could okay. be like say there was an issue where they were having trouble. Maybe the the sperm is not strong enough to get there. The something's wrong. So what they do is they pull the eggs. Yeah. And they'll take the husband's sperm, okay. and then they will put like join them outside, and oh. then put it back once it's like fertilized. They'll put it back in the mother. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, I've heard of this. Yeah. I just didn't know that. No, it's a great. Called. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Um. And so, yeah, man. What do you What do you think, dude? This is a great question. Um. <clears throat> uh, man. I think that. Um, Overall, I mean, it makes. I haven't thought of this either, really, a lot as far mm-hmm. as the moral implications. So I can I can make the argument, right? It's not natural. God is the God of life. So how, you know, how? What are we doing when we do this? Yeah. I think what makes this a little interesting is, in this case, you can make the argument. Then okay, so does that mean we shouldn't treat sickness? Because if we treat sickness, we're we're trying to be above God. And if God wanted that person healed, then He'd heal them. 
Right. Um, now, so that's that argument against, for and against. Now, I can kind of see, because there is something I didn't realize. <clears throat> when you do in vitro fertilization, a lot of times they'll pull out a bunch of eggs, try to, you know, fertilize them, and then say you get more than one fertilized thing. They'll put them in a freezer, apparently. Wow. In case the ones don't work or something, and then they'll implant the one, and then say they have the baby. These will get destroyed. <clears throat> later possibly because they don't end up using them wow so in that case i see what you're saying because you're 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 ending life and we don't have that right yeah makes sense hmm. so but it could be avoided if you only take out what you can apparently choose to do the eggs you're going to use right right so in that case i think that argument of not destroying them is like okay only take out and then i get you know then you're kind of um you're avoiding that right yeah um I think this is one of those things that falls under, first off, you should be prayerful about it. You and your, your spouse, you should pray about it. Is this something, you know, God, do you want us to do this? Pray about it. And then it's a, it's a matter of conviction and conscience, kind of like mm. Paul's talked about. Um, I don't think in and of itself, I can't say that I think it's sinful in and of itself. That's straightforward. Yeah. I think either way if someone came to me and said they felt called not to i could see that they felt called to they felt okay doing it, I'd, I'd be okay with that too yeah um so that's what i think um yeah that's what i think because i think you could carry that a long way right if you if you go because let's say that you have a baby variant premature do you just let that baby die because mm -hmm. that's god if god wanted it to god be there it would have stayed it, right? there the whole time yeah, that makes sense absolutely i think it's that's my thought it sounds like it's more like a miraculous thing that's just been perverted into like it, it's been naturally perverted by sin in the world like you know what I'm saying? i mean i think it's cool right that it gives that opportunity i definitely think that there's moral implications if these are viable embryos, meaning they have been fertilized, yeah. they're frozen, and then they're destroyed later. That's life, right? They, we can't yeah, say that we're bad. against abortion and then say that that's it's okay to deal. destroy them in this case. I agree. Right? So then I, but where I can see it can get hazy is, okay, if that's true, and I have to look in the science of it myself a little deeper, that these are embryos, meaning they're life. Yeah. What, are there moral implications of freezing them? Well, I think that goes back to what we said. You should only use ones you're going to put back in the body. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? In that case, I could, I don't, I honestly, in that case, I guess if you were me, this is Todd. Yeah. If it was the one where you take out a bunch and you're going to freeze, I would say no. Because then, unless you're planning on 100% using them all, yeah. is you it, shouldn't do is it, it because. Is it possible to just pull one? I don't know how they do it, but I, th I know it's possible to take out only the amount you're going to put back in. Okay. And then you kind of, you know, if if one of them miscarries, because I think that can happen if you put multiple in, is it, at you. least that's more natural. God, you know, you're kind of. Allowing that versus destroying human life. Right. So that's where I land. I think if you did the one where you pull out a bunch, freeze them, and then they get destroyed, that's wrong. Yeah. I think if you, if this is my personal, and I would not, honest to God, I would not die on this hill because I think it is a matter of personal conscience. Hmm. Does that good. make sense? Yep, I'm with you, man. For the Christian. However, personal conscience means you're seeking God's will and praying, being prayerful about it. You and your spouse should be very prayerful about it. That's good. I like that advice. What gets even more interesting and we talk about this another day, is what about your husband and wife, husband can't produce kids, sperm donor? Is I think we talked about this before, but is that morally okay or is it not? Mm -hmm. That's where we can get interesting, don't you think? Yeah, kind of like, like surrogate idea, like the idea of surrogates in Correct. general. Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, the idea, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with, like, say you do this, right? Mm -hmm. You pull it out, and the mom, for some reason, because I guess this can happen, can't carry it, so you put it in, like, her mom. They've done this, like, yeah. a daughter... Her mom carries their child or their sister. I think that's kind of 
in a way beautiful because it's mm-hmm. theirs. Although I still think it, who knows how I could gotcha. make someone feel. But the idea, yes, of someone else's sperm or someone else's egg, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that another one of those things that falls under, like, right? Because, like, what I is that? So, like, say I could, you know, I couldn't have kids with my wife, so I have one of our friends. It's like, hey, you can have one of my eggs. Well, that's technically mine and that other lady's kid. Uh, I physically. See, I see what you're saying. Do you see what I mean? Now. DNA. Okay. Even Because what happens sometimes is say, say, you know, your wife can't have kids like her eggs for whatever reason. Right. right. So she has a best friend. Her best friend says, hey, I'll give you the egg. They can do introvers fertilization where they take your sperm, put it in that her best friend's egg, and then put that egg in your wife. So she still delivers it. But DNA physically, it's, it's, her, it's, it's that it's other friend. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I see the difference. Okay. But then you're kind of like, okay, is that any different than adopting? I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. except, except in this case, one of the spouses is. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, it is a thing. It's definitely something to pray about. Yeah. Interesting. So, just mm. a thought I had as we were pondering. Yeah, man. All right. That's good stuff. Remnant dudes. Back to remnant dudes. Do you guys have any other thoughts? I don't want to rush No, that, that was okay. good. I got remnant dudes. Else. How do you dissolve or cut the roots of bitterness and anger? Interesting. I wonder if he's tying that to the other question he asked us i think you have to acknowledge it amen um, goes that, back to the darkness yep, yep that's the big thing is so acknowledging the it. fact that it's real um if you aren't willing to take a look at it then you're not going to heal from it and mm. it's it's going to get worse over time that's um, really good that's where your heart starts to get hard you start to harden your heart and it just you, you grow cold man um and you don't listen to the spirit as much like i've been through that um so I would say, how do you dissolve that? You just have to acknowledge it, and then you have to be willing to like hear people. Like you can't let the bitterness just overrun you to the point where you think like your only voice of reason is yourself, because I think that's what often can happen. Because bitterness underneath it all is just hurt, and when you're hurt by people, you tend to try to shut yourself off to them mm. and their voice. And mm. so then when you when that happens, and if you if you let yourself go far enough, you just start trying to listen to yourself, and that's just never a good place to be. So. Yeah, man. Just acknowledgement's a big one for me. Acknowledgement, and then being willing to, um, being willing to let go after that acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah, man. I would uh, tell you that this in a second. I would agree with that. I think, um, yeah, I think we have to be willing to admit it and repent of it. Yes, too. Because what happens a lot of times is hurt and anger and envy and jealousy and all those things. When we don't deal with those. I view it as kind of like a weed that we water because hmm. it ends up staying in there and in the darkness of our, of our non-confession, our admitting and our hiding, it begins to grow, right? And it wraps mm-hmm. itself around our hearts and then it's even harder to get rid of. So, weeds. Uh, yeah, yeah, weeds. Um, <laughs> so I think, yeah, certainly acknowledging and asking God to help you and doing what he says. You know, God says um, that if someone has something against us, we're to go to them. If we have something against someone, we're to go to them. We're to always try to be peacemakers and... Yeah. Nice. Can we link your sermon to this? Like weeds? I, I mean, that's, I guess. Yeah. Cool. I'd yeah, love for to. Sure. It's a great question. And I think your sermon on, it's called Weeds, would in yeah, depth answer this. Yeah. But well, it can happen to all of us, man. I think that's been part of my journey. I oh, think yeah. I mentioned. Um, huh. Remnant Dudes guy. Thanks, Remnant Dudes guy. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a next question. Is another Remnant yeah. Dudes. Remnant Dudes, explain this scripture. And it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, uh, sorry, prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels, and your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances, and your old men shall dream, divinely suggested dreams. 
That's Act 217. That was the amplified version. So, um, yeah. What do you think? Well, it's the very beginning of the church, so it's very it makes me ponder. Yeah, it doesn't mean you want to look at the, uh, <laughs> at the the context. I know this verse, but I want uh-huh. it makes me. I never want to just start talking without uh, looking at the context again and reminding myself because that's a good point. Because in the same one, we see um, the where they ends up talking about what the early church is like, right? Mm-hmm. Acts chapter two. Yep. So it's kind of right in the right in the middle of it all. So uh, I don't know. What verse is it? Seventeen. Uh, two seventeen. Uh, Peter stood up, raised his voice. Man, I'm explain this to you and pay attention to my words, so these people are not drunk as you suppose. Oh, essentially, man, uh, it's it's Peter was talking about this. He was talking about when Christ would come. Um, that they were starting to question. You know, why are these people speaking in different languages? Because remember right before this, they say, how is it that each of us can hear in our own language? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And how, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking the magnificent acts of God in our own language. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this be? But some sneered and say, they're full of new wine, meaning they're just drunk. And then he's like, no, you think that's what happening? what's happening? No, the prophecies come true. God told us he would pour his spirit on us and there would be people who would do these things and that... That section ends on verse 21 that says, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus. Wow. Right? When Jesus came, it was talking about that. And I know a lot of times people kind of say that is, um, we'll, we'll reference it sort of even now, like people are going to have visions. and Right. Um, I think it's really talking about, and he says, I'll even pour out my spirit on my male and female slaves in those days, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heavens above. And so it's, it's pretty interesting. Huh. Uh, the sun will be turned to darkness. Um, and it does seem to talk about um, also sort of one of those, a lot of times the Bible has things where it's talking specifically in that moment, but also ahead. Okay. So it does seem to hear where it says the remarkable day of the Lord comes. You know, what is that day of the Lord? Mm. I would think that would be the, the return, of, return yeah. right? Yeah, I would think so too. So. Huh. Cool. Um, or just when Jesus came specifically. but Oh, like his time on earth before? Yeah. But I think it, it definitely comes to when he will, uh, uh, you know, when he comes back. So, remember, we've been in the last days since Christ came. Right. So it's crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. I think, do I have um, one more? I think do I don't. You? Okay. Do you want me to? Do you want me to ask the last one for for you then? Um, I'll ask it. Okay. And then you can. First. Cool. Do you think Mary and Joseph ever had times where it was hard for them to see Jesus as their Savior instead of their son? Uh, yeah. I'd, I would 100% think that's probably hard. You know, it's funny. You They had an angel come to them and tell them the, the miracle that was about to happen and, and what this baby was going to be, you know, what the representation of this baby was going to be was the Savior of the world, man. And, like, it's funny because I try to put, when I try to put myself there as, like, a as a parent and you have you know, you're trying to raise Jesus, you know, I think probably one of the hardest parts and probably one of the first realizations of this, and I, to me, this is probably why this this story was in the Bible, is when they, they lose him and they and they go back to try to find him and he's in the synagogue teaching at like 12, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and I'm sure part of them was probably like, well, I know they were worried sick, but like, it's funny because that... I could see that being one of like the first like times where they're like, okay, like this is, this is crazy. Like, yeah, this is, this is the Messiah. 
you know, this is. And so I'm sure it was hard, you know, because, and what a responsibility, you know. Because even though you know that you're raising Jesus, you know, he is, you know, and you know you've been told what, what he's going to be, there's still that responsibility that you are his mother and, and father. Yeah, um, and so I'm sure there was probably a lot of times where it was confusing mm. trying to decide how do I, how do I, how do I parent a, someone who's fully God, who fully man, than, yeah. you know? I don't think Dave and they um, knew you know exactly like how it was going to be, right? I yeah. don't think that, for instance, Mary necessarily. I don't necessarily know if they knew. I can't remember the prophecy. You could look it up that he. They told Mary. I think they just said hope of the world. I don't think she necessarily knew exactly how it was going to be. Like was, like no, was I think die. she knew he was going to. He was a savior, but what was that going to look like? Ah. And I was just looking here. Um, I remember this section. It talks about it in Mark, and I think Luke says it a different way. But Mark. Um, Three, starting at verse 20, says he's been doing stuff. And it says, then he went home, and the crowd g- gathered again. This is Jesus. So that they were not even able to eat. When his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. So even his family at one point, whether it was his, his father was passed away by this point, but, um, you know, was Mary there? Were they all there? Like, hey, come on. Like, we're worried mm. about you. Definitely his brothers did. Um, so I'm sure they struggled with that. And right. then the other side of it, like you said, how hard would it be to let him go? Because you know he, <laughs> yeah. his mother would have definitely known he's saying some things that are, gonna, are making people mad. Oh, yeah. And what would, it, yeah, what would it have been like to raise? Remember, she saw a vision. So did Joseph. Mm-hmm. This boy's special. He did special things. Like yeah. how, There are probably moments of like, I'm supposed to mother and father you, yeah. but you are, you are the Savior. Yep. Like, and then I also the think of like James. Mm-hmm. Like being his brother, it's like, dude. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Yes, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you, cool. ever th- you ever think James read thoughts like, "How am I supposed to?" What am, oh, I, I guarantee. Supposed, you. How am I supposed to At follow first. that up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't ever measure up to him. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He's you know, cool. which is what's cool about him being even more. The fact that he became such a devout what's follower. What's cool about James is I feel like James is probably one of the most bold. Like he is freaking in your face, like. I think it kind of makes sense that he's Jesus' brother. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I think that's it. Now, we probably don't have time to go through any of these today. Yeah, no What's, articles What are we running out here at Fun Turn? Around 134. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So we've gone about an hour and a half? Man. I guess that's it. Cool. All right, man. Well, great um, show. I loved it. I guess that is the end of that. Great questions today. Yeah. I also want to make sure I clear, I make because this this bothered me. I, I looked up this, the passage again. So the day of the Lord, to make that clear, because I think I explained it, but clear when it talks about the prophecy. Remember, we the end times were coming mm-hmm. from the moment Jesus was here. So Joel, that came from the book of Joel, was prophesying about the time Christ would come. The Spirit's going to come down. Because remember, this, the Holy Spirit did not interact with people that way mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. It would only come on for a time and all That's that. That's right. So... Some of those miracles happen at the beginning, and there's things that are going to happen at the end. That is a continuation of time of the end times. Here's the beginning of the beginning of the church, and it also talks at the end when it talks about the day of the Lord, right? Gotcha. Um, so just want to point that out. It was a great question. Cool. There we go. Nice. You got anything? Just thank you guys so much for watching. Um, appreciate you guys so much. You know, 145 episodes. Man, y'all are killing it. So thank you guys so much for watching. 
If you are watching from Facebook, please give us a like and a share on this video. And go ahead and put a little blurb as to why you liked it and why you're watching it so other people will join you in watching it. Uh, if you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell. Ding! Uh, so you can get notified every time we post. And if you're uh, watching from Rumble, go ahead and throw a Rumble at us. Uh, we appreciate you guys over at Rumble because I know it's a, oh man, it's a cool platform to be on. They just so. went public. Oh, really? So they're, they must be getting pretty big. Yeah, wow, they're on stock. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, so people are, are definitely on it. Uh, we're on all other social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok. If you just type in the Remnant Church CC, you're going to find us. So any, uh, Twitter. So go check us out. Love you guys. Fun turn? Nope. All right. Are you sad, Funter? Your tummy hurt? Mine does. Hey, <laughs> your tummy so hurt. Uh, we love you guys. Appreciate you. Hey, did we end up hitting the, the required stuff? We didn't, did we? Darn it. It was close, man. You guys, yeah. You guys were three shares short. We had views, just needed shares. We we, we lost by yeah, three. But regardless, yeah, if we if we ever hit that, I will share some big, big stuff I've kind of Yeah, man. Come on, separate. guys. But we do thank you so much for your support. <laughs> hey, guys, if you want to donate to the show, we'd love it. This is a... <laughs> it's tax deductible. We are not filthy rich. I'm sure you aren't surprised to hear that. So everything you s that you send in, we go directly into the show. So it's a win-win if you're a fan of the show. You can go to www.theremnant.life slash give. There it is. Uh, there's a drop-down box. Uh, you can go down to Real Talk. It goes directly to the show. So it's www.theremnant.life slash give. We'd appreciate that. Hey, keep sending your questions, yes. comments. Please like, share. Thank you so, so, so much for the encouragement last week of those that really just dove in on a long show and watched and listened and sent in their thoughts. Man, that keeps us going. Uh, we love you, but most importantly, God does love you wherever you're at, whether you're someone that just stumbled upon this and you're kind of like, I don't, this God thing. Listen, this happened for a reason. It's a divine appointment. Mm. Uh, God is speaking to you even now and wants to be in a relationship with you. And you can have that uh, through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is not who the media tells you he is. He is nope. far more and far more amazing, and he's real. So I just want to encourage you in that. And if you're a believer who's kind of discouraged and wondering where God's at, that's a divine appointment too. God's got you. Um, life is not always easy, uh, but it is better uh, with Jesus. That's just reality. So I hope you guys have a great day. God bless you.